Welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about. That'll scare you. Well, Nathan, we are back in the studio. Last week, we had a great uh, Lincoln Day live from the Lincoln Day uh, podcast. We did. Yeah. I would like to talk about the line on your forehead. <laughs> I I feel like we need, we need cameras for Jesus, Sex, and Politics. We don't have that We're yet. We're working on getting So those. that all of our listeners can look at it. But, Micah, how did you get that incredible line across your forehead what happened so we were pheasant hunting and that's uh, just for those who know that is not peasant hunting okay we're not shooting people we're shooting pheasants little birds flying up and uh i wore my orange hat my hunter's hat but i had it on backwards and and yesterday was one of the nicest days in indiana uh, that we've had so far. So I wasn't prepared for the sun really being out because I'm not used to the sun being out like it was. Yes. And so uh, did you wear a hat? I did, but wore I wore it covering my eyes. Oh, yeah. That's and right. uh, you had yours back. The downside like, is... Like spanky. The, and, um, the downside is I, I, was, I was on TV this morning. I had to go down and defend conservative values in the lion's den down at PBS. And, uh, and so I'm sure like that's going to go over well. Like They're going to use that to... Well, to, to mock tan lines to, are sexy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, that's right. And I, I think it's great. Now, I do want to tell people that I was there when you shot your first pheasant. Yes. And that was tremendous because, you know, we do do animal rights updates here on the show. That's right. And uh, and so there is a, a very special one. I would like to eventually be able to share this when we do have an animal rights update because you should have seen Micah killing this bird it was hilarious the bird is flapping like crazy i'm like grab it by the neck and twist it around really turn it i did and you you did it didn't kill the bird but you know you blood were, was going everywhere yeah, well that that one you killed but, oh, okay. uh, but but the first one he throws it down on the ground because you do it <laughs> no no i was like doing it, it wasn't dying the stupid thing was still and so you're yelling at me i said fine here you go you do it throw it and i threw it at your feet and uh, it doesn't want it doesn't want to die it doesn't no, want to die it's awesome so well, hey we've got some great guests in the studio sure uh we We've got two guys that are leading the charge up in Hillsdale County, Michigan, and we thought we'd have these guys on the podcast because I think we've talked about Hillsdale a couple times because I'm, I grew up there. It is a uh, it's there it's a it's a beautiful picture of the establishment versus the grassroots, you know, make America first crowd. And you guys are actually, I think, giving a lot of inspiration to people who are those patriots, America first kind of people. Hey, we can actually go up against the establishment and win. So, welcome to the studio, John Smith yeah, and Josh Gritz, Gritzenmeyer. It's great to have you guys. Gritzenmaker. Gritzmaker. Yes, Gritzmaker. Sir. Gritzmaker. Yeah. Just like making grits. That's Gritzmaker. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for joining thank us you. today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So, hey, tell us a little bit about what you do up in Hillsdale and uh, kind of just your your backgrounds, how you got into politics, and then we'll dive into kind of what's been going on. Well, uh, you want me to start first? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, John. All right. Well. Um, so several years ago, I, 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 John Rutan, that's been on your show. Yeah. Um, so I started working on his campaign for a constitutional sheriff. I started learning like why constitutional sheriff's important to the community, why it's important in politics and uh, why it's important to the citizens more importantly and uh, running a couple of sheriff campaigns and learning politics and learning a little bit what conservatism's about. I leading into that, I, I came from a single mom that was a union worker that didn't have, I didn't have a moral compass, if you will. Uh, I'm an ex-con. I, I've done all the bad things. I had kids in high school. 
I did all the bad things, but after running that sheriff campaign, I learned a lot and got got a more conservative backbone to myself. And I've always been kind of a more of aggressive guy or a little bit on the edge, if you will, the kind of the bad boy, if you will. And uh, in conservative politics, as you probably are aware, we have a lack of that. Oh yeah, you know, so <laughs> yeah. we have a lack of real men. You know, yeah. I mean, hunting's one thing, right? Going to shoot a bird and killing mm-hmm. a bird, but standing for your civil liberties it seems like a whole nother thing. You know, and you are the you are the uh, you are you break the mold of the conservative poster child, which I love that about you. Like you'll you, I mean, you'll get in somebody's face. You're not afraid to you know throw down with them when it comes to you know debates and like you'll just call them what they are sometimes yeah. and well. Well, yeah, that's, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know who said it. I forgot who said it was. I don't know if it was Patrick Henry or who, whoever said it. But when you're talking about truth and, and telling the truth, it is revolutionary. Yeah. I, I mean, it's even as local as Michigan is or local as Hillsdale is, speaking truth becomes very combative. And a lot of people don't like talking honesty and truth. And so I tend, I tend to like come into conversations or when I meet people, if there's already a problem, like I had to meet a congressional district chair recently for the first time and there was a problem with their convention. And I said, let's just clear the air right now before we even move forward. Like, Hey, I came with this real honesty uh, level uh, of discussion and, you know, be honest with you, we got a great relationship because of it. it we, there's no beating around the bush with it. So I do that a lot. and You'll just address the elephant in the room. Yeah, I have to. uh, Because if not, we're all walking away with animosity or distrust or not understanding or we're not going to have a good relationship moving forward or it's not going to be as pure as it could be. So I I like to do that right away. Uh, But half of the people in the world don't seem to like that. So (laughs) it's a hate me or like me kind of situation. And you you now are the fifth congressional chair up in Michigan. So So the district chair. So running those sheriff campaigns, we, we identified that the Republican party is sour, that it's nothing. I mean, there was literally nothing going on in the Republican party. The people that were in control, um, they, they really were just status quo milk toast type of, I can't I can't sit there and call them Republican because there was no there was no party principles behind what they were doing. They were more just in it for their own selfish gain. Yeah, I mean, like the so we're in a small town. I mean, we got eighteen thousand Republican voters, and if you're like owned a local insurance company and you're just part of this like social club, if you will, and there's like ten of you or twelve of you, if you own the golf course or you own the accountant in, in town you're, you're part of this little club and you'd go have steak together and pat each other on the back and leave and that was the amount of what they were doing well we have hillsdale college you know and although the college itself doesn't partake in local or state politics the stigma or the the reputation of the college precedes itself mm-hmm. and it, it stems this conservative mecca if you will so when I'm going through the state, let's say if I'm up north Michigan or if I'm in Detroit or something, and I tell them I'm from Hillsdale, the very first line I get is, oh, Hillsdale College. So that, so in the Republican or in the conservative world or in the politic world, Hillsdale College is huge. Yeah. Oh, we get that all, all around the country. I mean, when we're speaking around the country, hey, I'm from Hills. I grew up in Hillsdale. Oh, that's where the college is. Oh, we love what the college is doing. Like the the imprimis and the imprimis, uh, you know. And when like, I moved, you know, to, like when I moved to Hillsdale, Larry Arn, yeah, yeah. I, when I moved to Hillsdale, I never even heard of Hillsdale College. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And so 
I started understanding that we could use that to our advantage. Yeah. Even though they don't help us, well, I'll. The very first thing we did is when we took over the party, right after the sheriff campaign, we took over the party. And we took it over kind of, I don't want to say hostily, because it wasn't really that hostile. What it was is we asked the, the, the last chair if we could ha- have the next meeting. He said yes. And the next meeting was a convention where we took over the party. <laughs> so, okay, wait, wait, wait. So just so listeners know, so in Michigan, you have you have local conventions, county conventions, is what yes. they're car- called. In Indiana, we have a state convention, but we have uh, we have county caucuses is what we call yeah, them. It's a in, county caucus. Yeah, There's not much yeah, difference. Yeah. Uh, so we have a county caucus where- So you didn't like where the Republican Party was headed. There was nothing going yeah, on. Yeah, nothing going on. And so as a, uh, just a, you know, blue collar conservative- you said we're gonna we're gonna change this. Well, I I, I seen we had marketing problems, branding problems. Yeah. We had principal problems because Republicans were all over the board. I mean, with their ideology, uh, you know, there's it's not hard to understand that Republicans want less taxes. Yeah, but when you got Republican uh, county commissioners pushing millages or pushing more taxation, you're like, well, what is this? Yeah. And a lot of people don't know is the Republican Party is separate from a politician. So we take a lot of rap for crappy politicians. And it's not our fault that these crappy politicians are doing bad things. So the Republican Party is a private club. A lot of people think it's like this duly elected precinct delegate thing. No, it's not. It's actually an in-house election. Uh, Yeah, general public gets to vote on it. But we can close that off and put, do it in-house. We do it on a, on a bigger scale, and the state takes care of the bill for us. But at the end of the day, if we pay for our own election, we could do it ourselves. Mm. And that's actually what we're trying to suggest to do because we need to seal this up a little bit better and control our brand. As you know, you got a brand of this church here, and if you have someone here, say if Nate was going out and promoting the brand wrong, well, you can do something about that. Well, Republican isn't Christianity, it's not the same thing. You know how everybody can walk around and say, I'm a Republican or I, I'm a Christian. Republican is actually owned by the RNC. It is a brand that's owned and it needs to be utilized properly. You can't just go around and say, this is Coke and it's not Coke. So John Rutan talked about that when he was on the show with us, Nathan, a few months ago. He he said you you essentially had this split then that happened that's in, in Hillsdale to where you guys were the rightful owners of the brand like Coke, but then another company came in and said, no, we're Coke. When they started creating their own product and started selling it. And you guys, you this was it was fascinating. I want you to dive into that in a second, but I want to get over to yeah. Josh. So Josh, when did you get Get involved and how did you how did you dive into all this yeah you know i moved to hillsdale in 2018 i'm originally from michigan but i was living in atlanta georgia and i moved back to michigan and i moved to hillsdale county because i have conservative values and again like john said hillsdale college this is the conservative mecca of southern michigan this is where i want to be so we moved back then and in 2020 with all the covid crazy stuff happening i told my wife i'm like i got to get involved in something I, I got to do something. I can't stand on the sidelines anymore and watch what's, awesome. what's, what, what's happening. So I went to my first meeting in April of 2020 with the, the old guard or the establishment folks running it. And I don't know anybody in Hillsdale. That's not where I'm originally from. So I'm, I'm solo in there, just checking it out, getting a feel for it. And it was a mess, a complete mess. And I have a state senator sitting behind me talking the whole meeting about 
these guys are idiots. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and I agree with them. But at the same time, I'm sitting there like, why isn't this guy helping these folks? Yeah. What is happening here? So at the end of the meeting, I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I, I can't do this anymore. This is not the place for me. So I'm walking out. And that's actually when I met John Smith and John Rutan. And they knew I was frustrated that my face was probably beat red just being pissed about it, you know? Yeah. And uh, they stopped and said, hey, we got a plan, you know, stick with us. We, we, we're going to fix this. Was that when you took over the party or was that before Be- you took over the party? Before. That, that was several before. months before. We took okay. over in, technically in, no- in November. Um, they, you know, what it is is they lacked, that, that other guard lacked, um, everything yeah. <laughs> i mean it's they really did they lack they lacked everything including they they lacked the um they didn't they they underestimate someone like myself yeah. i got tattoos totally. on my hands yeah. i'm an ex-con uh i'm low income you do um, not fit the kind of republican leader right picture so which i think is what i like about you I, you so, break the mold so it's funny because pastors love me i don't know why it's weird so like you know what it is is you know you guys want to save everybody right so <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is well uh, <laughs> there's a lot of characters nathan in scripture that like really are the embodiment of john yeah, smith who, the, who did jesus hang out the, with right the, you know, like, <laughs> the ex-cons is you know you look at zacchaeus you know he was hated he was he was totally hated by his own people because he was stealing money on behalf of the romans and you know he was not no one wanted anything to do with him here comes jesus he says hey i've got a well, when God changes a life, that doesn't that doesn't mean that He changed the way that person necessarily right. came off and spoke and all that. I mean, you know, there were there were things the fruit of the spirit began to indwell them, but but they still they still spoke that that language that they knew. They could still speak. You know, you took a, take a take a Peter or an Andrew or a James or a John. Those fishermen guys were salt of the earth guys. You know, yeah, and and they. And they always were able to speak that way. They had certain audiences that they were able to really move the needle with. There's others where you take Paul the Apostle, who is an incredible intellectual, trained in argument. I mean, he's a lawyer. And and he had a different group of people that he was going to be very, very good. We need both. Well, look right? at Samuel Adams and John Adams. Yeah, you know, right. it's, it's, they're, they're two different people. Totally, right? yeah, that's right. right. Sam was the poorest of the poor. Well, and I'll, I'll knock some heads. Yeah. You go, you go beat him in court, right? <laughs> like, right. yeah. <laughs> and then Sam came out with a great beer under two hundred years later. <laughs> so, um, I, I forgot where we left off at. Uh, oh well, you were just talking about like you know you don't fit the mold, like and so people. So oh, so was, no, they actually made me a temporary treasurer, which is an officer position in the Republican Party, and the establishment did. Yeah, the establishment okay. did. Uh, they were several to kind of placate you to kind of no. Just like what it is is see what you were they had able a, to do. No, nope, they just, had a lack of volunteers to do the duties. Okay, and so they were really far behind in their what they call merch report it's your reporting of your campaign finance stuff um and they were really far behind here the 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 chair is an accountant you would think that this would be pretty easy for him to do and uh when i when you first sign on as a treasurer i think in my opinion the treasurer is actually the most has the most responsibility because you're dealing with mcl laws uh, michigan compiled laws and you're dealing with the responsibility of money that's actually where josh came on as as right away as the treasurer of the republican party um but you got the most responsibility handling money and so i came on as temporary treasurer well i'm an ex-con for theft you know so like i was 18 i stole some trading cards when i was 24 i stole a ground leveler so these are both like 
I don't think it's appropriate that I should handle money. I don't want to put that on these other people. Well, I became the temporary treasurer. I did get one merch report done. There were two merch reports behind. And picking this stuff up, the software, understanding, dealing with the state, it's not easy. It actually takes time to learn this and understand it. And if you don't touch it often, you will forget it right away. It's one of those deals. So I became a treasurer and... um, and that was, and then I re, I instantly rebranded because we had this like logo that was like clip art from 1995 okay. and <laughs> I created a brand and I think that's the first time that I think the brand is actually what changed a lot. It changed the attitude. It changed the way that people were thinking about the Republican party locally. People, I, people were proud to wear it. Yeah, and you're wearing it right now, Josh. You got this super cool, I, and you got too. yeah. There you go, John. Yeah, you got this really cool. And I see your tag over there. You got it in the office. Yeah. Here. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I love it. And you guys did some really cool things too. Like uh, you came out with uh, these Rhino Hunter uh, stickers and T-shirts and things like that. With and this is probably a little bit further down the road, but like, but to your point, marketing and messaging is so key, and yet. Sometimes in the conservative world, we see this in the church world, Nathan, like people are like, well, it's for the Lord. He loves us. We don't really need to be creative and do a good job with that because it's for God and he knows our hearts and we can just get away with less than excellence. And we always, well, we, we encounter that all the time. God doesn't hate marketing. No. You know, <laughs> so like, you know, that's, he's that's the, the best. He's the best marketer there is. You know, the Bible's yeah. the most selling, <laughs> highest selling <laughs> yeah, book of all time. Right. I mean, like marketing yeah. is a real thing yeah. and in attracting people like this is why I'm actually, you know, we could talk a lot of things, but going in the future is I actually think this is where it's really going to go is personalized marketing for individuals. I think politics, I think these parties are obsolete. And I really do think everything in your world, even like look at your office here, every single thing down to your microphone could be customized. Every single thing in the world that you have today is customizable, except that keyboard that's got to be, you got to conform to the keyboard still and politics. Why can't politics be conformed to the individual? Like I'm looking at your bags. You got these bags that, that those bags tell you who you are, you know? And so everything is customized. Like, do you know, like when data analytics came into sports, like with Boston Red Sox and, or with the athletic ACE, right? Um, I really think that's where politics needs to go is this analytics of individual individually. We were with uh, Ryan's previous uh, a couple weeks ago out in DC and that guy was breaking down the data like nobody's business. Like he was like, we can, we know what, we know what type of drink you like to drink when you go into your favorite restaurant and we know how we can get a message to you that will push you down a conservative Republican, you know, like it was nuts, man. He was like, if you drink, how many votes we can turn out. Yeah. We know if you drive this car, we know what car you drive. And if you drive this car, you will vote this way 97% yeah, of the time. You can look at a, a leftist and tell that it's a leftist, right? Yeah, you yeah. can almost do that in today's reality. So the purple hair. So we, we sort of already know <laughs> it. Um, but identifying individuals in your community to get involved, community involvement, as, as you know, as a community service, as of being in a church, you know, it's always a challenge to get people in. And so Josh here is, I mean, God bless the Hillsdale County Republican Party, because if it wasn't for Josh coming in and and really helping picking up this ball, I mean, like people like myself or John Rattan, we're so stretched. 
we need more Josh's. Josh really came in, became the treasurer, took the responsibility. And it wasn't one of those things where like, I have to like hold Josh's hand. I, Josh did do that at first. Like everybody else does. I, we, you know, we're all, you, to learn. That. Yeah. you know, we're all nervous to take that first step. Right. And I told Josh, I'm like, you're just going to have to do it, man. And yeah. he, and he did it. And, and, and now Josh is, in my opinion, the leader in the Hillsdale country, even though he's not a, he doesn't actually have a title because the, the establishment group sued us. And there's a, an injunction to where people like Josh and I are not supposed to participate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How? I mean, does that happen? How can you tell someone they're not allowed to participate in the political <laughs> you, process? You, you, my, my lawyers told me that I can't hold a uh, a leadership position. Why? Based on this court injunction. Okay, so, so it's an I injunction. Can, I, can, I can do the work. I just yeah. can't have the title. Big it, deal. That's that's what's important to me anyway. So let's let's dive into this here just a little bit, guys. If if you would, so you guys take over the party. You get the the patriots, kind of the grassroots people come in. You kick out the establishment. I remember seeing this firsthand when I went up to your Lincoln Day two years ago when you had James O'Keefe speak. Right. Uh, myself and Dennis Quakenbush spoke a little bit about what we were doing down here in Indiana. You guys had this uh, slide that was kind of running. Like you had your like slides that were running during dinner, like just marketing slides and stuff. One of the slides, uh, and this is when I was like, these guys are legit, like for real. You had a, it was a Brady Bunch uh, slide yeah. that looked like, you know, you, you, the Brady, it says the Brady Bunch in the middle. And it has all the pictures of the people around it in the outside. And it said the Rhino Bunch. And it was all of the politicians that kind of were within your guys's, you know, sphere as the Hillsdale County Republican Party that you had dubbed as rhinos because they weren't holding true to principles. And I, if you know party politics, most of the time you go to these Lincoln Days or these dinners within the party, and the party leadership is like, well, we don't want to offend this person over here. Yeah, he's not very good Republican, but he is a Republican, and we got to like be nice to him. And you guys just kind of totally rejected that and said, you know what? If you're not holding true to principle, we're going to call you out on that. And I was like, these guys are legit. So then that ticks off, you know, that, that mindset ticks off the establishment. Well, it ticks off your body. Like we're sitting here in a church, yeah. right? And I don't know about your church as opposed to any other church, but generally speaking, the audience of this type of crowd does not want to rock the boat. And the thing is, is like in Michigan, we're down to 36% Republican, 56% Democrat with a 20 point swing. I mean, we, what are we going to do? Are we just going to run it to the ground? Are we going to finally stand up for some principles? The very first thing we did with that branding was create what we call, we call party values. Josh, do you know the, know the seven party values? Number one is Bill of Rights. You, you, cannot, you cannot have anything. You have to have that first. I mean, sanctity of life is the most important, but you can't have sanctity of life if you don't have Bill of Rights right? Let's be honest. I mean, if you have no rights, then sanity of life doesn't matter. So Bill of Rights is number one. Sanity of life is number two. Limited government's number three. Individual responsibilities, number four. Less taxes, less subsidies, and balanced budgets. That should not be very... In fact, most Democrats would get on board with that too. This is a very fundamental principle. These are very fundamental principles for conservatives, for Republicans in general. So... Most people that go to church, I would assume, are conservative. And most of those people should be able to get behind those very basic values. 
Now, when you got a state senator, when you got a congressman, or if you got a, a township supervisor or a county commissioner, I had to call out a county commissioner at one of our conventions, and I pointed to the banner. I said, if you're pushing millages, which is a subsidy, you're pushing millages and more taxation, why in the hell should we let you in the party? Why should This is a club. If I was an Eagles Lodge Club, you signed this uh, terms of, of, of engagement and you got, you got decorum, you got different things that you want to, like, I mean, I, I violate decorum, but, you, like, <laughs> like, but there, are, there are things that, there are rules to a club. There are rules to this church. You can't, if, you want, if you're Catholic and you want to go get married in the Catholic church, you can't just go get married in the Catholic church. There are rules to this stuff. Yep. So we had, a, we had a guy come up to us and was, you know, wanting to become a member of the party. He said, I agree with everything on the back of this membership card, but I'm, I'm kind of wishy-washy on sanctity of life. I think that should be a woman's choice. And I go, well, I don't think this is the, the place for you then. Yeah, so I have, a question. I have a question, guys. Um, this came up when we were in, um, when we were in uh, Washington, D.C., and we were meeting, at, and David Barton, the great um, Christian American historian, like uh, this is the guy who's over wall builders, um, this is where I think a lot of our, our listeners might might be caught, you know, because I'm I'm six points out of seven, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm a hardcore conservative yeah. on sanctity of life. I don't I don't even like rape and incest, right? Like I'm I'm gonna go hardcore on that. But a lot of our folks find themselves at various shades within that within that. And the the discussion gets into um are you gonna hold this this hardline approach and not not be a rhino right you're gonna you're gonna hardline it and then there's gonna be those that are incrementalists so and they're I gonna can answer s- this for you yeah I, I i'm i'm interested to hear this answer because david barton had to come back and say even in american history there had to be places where we did play incrementalism to to, to, win to, the game. Try, to try and win the game, yeah. right? And he specifically brings up slavery. We had a chance to annihilate slavery in seven years. We didn't take it. And, and it and, was because of the abolitionists who said, no, we want to end it now. Yes, they were hardcore. This is the right to life question. Yeah. Like because right to life's yeah, hardline, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, right to life says all or nothing. Right, that's that's their attitude. Well, some states in Indiana, they're a little more on the increment, incrementalist okay. side. Uh, but then you got the abolitionists who say all or nothing. So right, and so this just plays into politics. This is where we all are, and and various people in our churches, and you know, and okay. good good Americans, they're right here. So let me use I'd an like analogy. Yeah, let me hear. Let me use an analogy. Josh here say he's claims himself to be a Republican. He believes in. 99%. All Republicans believe in 99% the same, first and foremost. In fact, we believe 80% are greater with Democrats. So we're all human beings that live on this planet that want to see green wait, grass, wait, 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 wait. blue you skies. Said, you said that, <laughs> that, that, that Republicans agree with 80% of what the Democrats? That's correct. Yeah, go I call bullcrap okay, on that. Maybe I'm on like sorry. things like I, I love you. I, no, 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 no. Maybe so on things divided. like that's correct. Maybe maybe on they things bo- like I believe like water on a nice hot day is good. Like yes. stuff like that. Just life in general, right? But, you know. but let, most of these okay, most of, most of these bills are milk toast, anyways. Yeah. So like that's what I'm saying. Like we, you know, when you when you look at the grand scheme of things, we all want our children to be raised in a in a, in a free nation and in a beautiful area, and and we all want the our children to have more than what we have. Like that's 
that's self-evident truth. There's nothing that's going to change that amongst humans. I believe that's to be true. Um, as far as what you were saying about the incremental uh, issue is this, is when you have no principles, what is the directions of the game? There is no way to define what a Republican is. What is a Republican? If you walked around and asked someone, what is a Republican? You're going to get a 10 out of 10, 10 different answers. We have to define what that is. In Hillsdale, we defined it with seven party principles. We own the brand in Hillsdale. So we defined it. So if you're, a, you're telling me you're a conservative, but you want to take $50,000 in a millage to tax the population off their forced taxation, forced mm-hmm. by gunpoint. And there are people are going to be like, what do you mean it's by gunpoint? Well, if I don't pay it, what happens? They come to my house and they physically take my house at gunpoint because if I don't leave, that's how they're going to remove me, right? So if you're voting 99% with Republicans, that's fine. And then you're pushing millages for a park, for the bus stations, for whatever. That's a form of theft. And are you considered a Republican at that point? Well, you're not. You may vote Republican. Great. Vote Republican. But you're not welcome in the club. Period. And that's the stance you guys have taken as the Hillsdale County Republican Party say these seven are. Un, are non-negotiable, non-negotiables, like, close and, fists. Yeah. We're not, we're not, which, we're not willing to negotiate I, on these ones. Which I don't have really a problem yeah. with any of that. I, I find myself to be more. Cons- I'm more conservative than Republican. We, we are losing. Yeah. Right? We I are losing. But I, I classify myself as a conservative before I would classify myself as a Republican. If That's the right. Republican Party That's doesn't right. meet my conservative values, then then forget we're, the Republican in Michigan, Party. In Michigan, right. you guys were saying, "Well, how do you win the game or lose the game, if you will?" We're losing the game by not having principles. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys are certainly losing ground up there. Yeah, it's yeah. not, and it's not because of people like us. Because there's less people of us that are actually engaging in this way. We're actually trying to do something different. So my, I guess my question, because I don't find people want to be called rhinos. We went to the the convention here the, in Indiana, Indiana yeah. man, and and the state that, chairman, that, the the ones don't call us rhinos. We don't want to be called. <laughs> And and after and, they just got done spending a half a million dollars to run a campaign, a primary campaign against two of their own members that they didn't like, they had they had the audacity to get up on the stage and say, "Oh, we should we should play well together with all Republicans." So don't call anyone. Well, they want rhinos. a big, the big party tent, right? Yeah, the, the big that's party, what they say a lot. The big party, yeah, the big party yeah. tent. That's fine to do the big party tent, but is there there's there is an ability to upgrade. Like, so there's no reason not to like, so if you got a business and you got someone that's failing in the shipping department, well, why wouldn't you upgrade? You know, so there's, there's no difference in politics. What it is, it becomes personal and people, there's emotions in this. There's family that's in this. There's local business owners that known each other for many years and it becomes very personal for these people. Mm -hmm. And it it becomes, you know, there's a tax, there's political tax, there's personal tax, there's, there's lies, so that there's a lot of emotions that get behind this. There is no reason to think that we can't have a better Republican or a better conservative in office. There is mm-hmm. so like I don't I don't I think it's okay to run Republicans against Republicans. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. Should, well, be, competi- should be a good com- thing. Yeah, yeah, competition always. I, I think competition always ends up giving you a a better product. 
in the end. And it's the accountability that was always built into the system that says, okay, call yourself a conservative, call yourself a Republican, but if you don't vote like one, then we'll primary you. Josh, why don't you talk about Joe Bellino? Joe Bellino. So we got a state senator. State senator. He never visited us last year at all during his campaign. And we finally got to see his face after he got elected into the state Senate. And this was before any voting started happening in session. Uh, Seemed like a good guy. He talked a big game. And then the voting started, and he started, what, 50%? Uh, conservative votes and 50% we're, sided with We're the what, three or four months in? Wow. He's got an 8% scorecard for conservative ratings. You said 8? 8%, guys. <laughs> 8! He just, vote, he just voted, if I'm not mistaken, for the safety gun gun bill that just recently came across the table. So this this guy this guy got recently came to uh, the neighboring county and the neighboring county. So our, our influence is rubbing on the neighboring counties. And so now they're videotaping politicians and stuff oh, I you, love know, you know and because you guys are like you guys are secretly kind of videotaping these guys and well no, i mean it's not secret anymore okay, okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's like james o'keefe when he walks into a, yeah, a room I mean, and like everyone be on your best behavior yeah it's it's one of those deals so the neighbor the neighbor county videotaped him and the guy was really respectful he was tiptoeing because this is the first time he's ever confronted his politician so if the first time that you confront a politician, it's not like you know what you're doing. So this guy was tiptoeing, being very polite, being nice, and confronted Joe Bellino. Well, the video went on Telegram and it went on a couple of social media, sites, but it didn't like it didn't like make it on national news or, or local even local news. It it stayed in the inner circle of the Republican Party, and now we have rhinos that are pit, they're yeah I'm going to about to swear, but we have rhinos that are upset about this. Um, obviously Joe, Joe's like, Oh, he was yelling at me. He was disrespectful. This guy was very polite, you know, accountability. You said the word yep. accountability. Politicians lack accountability, yep. period. They have a lot of money, a lot of backing and who are you to question or challenge whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see. That's what I see. So this incremental argument can kiss my butt. Yeah. And we're not allowed to videotape in our uh, county clerk's office in Hillsdale anymore because of accountability. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. they're saying that, but we yeah. will. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like... Well, the, the, and they are accountable. Don't get me wrong. Like, pe- these these rhinos are accountable. They're just not accountable to the people. They're accountable to, to your point, those who give them the money, the corporations, well, the lobbyists, those that, who have the special interests. Whatever their, whatever their, their yeah. own agenda is, yeah, right? right? right. So... I, 8% scorecard. We got a, a, a state rep that's got a 26% scorecard just north of us in Jackson. Jackson's the largest voting body, body in Jackson County. And she came to a local meeting and she's like, well, I got to I gotta like answer to some of these people in Chelsea. She's like, what it is, is I hear this a lot actually from Republican people too, is that they got to serve everybody. They don't only serve Republicans. They got to serve Democrats. So this is the philosophy, I think, in a lot of people's heads is they got to do kind of like this everything to kind of make everybody happy. That'd be fair. That's not true. Yeah. That's what not I mean, how the other team's playing. That's, yeah. Well, that's not, that's not exactly what their job is. Their job is to serve everybody, but they're supposed to serve everybody under the Republican banner. So does that does that make sense? So the, their ideology, their philosophy, the things that we're trying to push, the things that we're trying to put in place – 
should be from the conservative side and they they're there to serve like if a democrat comes in and they need paperwork well they're going to help them fill out that paperwork yeah but as far as any policies and stuff like that goes the principles you 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 run on principles first and and getting reelected you you might not get reelected that's right if you stand on what you believe you served that people for as long as you as you did it you don't change what you believe based on oh i want to get reelected i need these votes that that's that's pansy yeah. you know yeah. no that should not that should not be and, that and way. i know we have this 20 point spread right like we you know we're talking about this we can't this 20 point spread i don't know if that's independents are independent voters i don't know if that's libertarians the thing is is we don't even know how to identify a voter at this point and we're, we're struggling. That's why I was going to say we're kind of like the party's obsolete. The parties have no money in them. So, like, we have no money to really do a lot of work. We get, like, $10,000, $15,000 a year in a, in a county party. Oakland County, being our lar- largest county, used to have, like, I don't know, a half a million you know dollars in the bank account. They, they would have 200, 300, 400, 500, 600 members that were consistently coming in. It's it's like depleted. The parties are like almost non-existing, and they're not affecting anything at this point. And so, I and I'm pretty sure it's not exclusive to Michigan. Yeah, the parties I, are weak. Yeah, at this point. I would say that the Republican Party needs to learn how to be more shrewd and strategic for sure. I, I guess I'm curious with so you guys though were the outsiders. Yeah. There was an insider group running the Hillsdale County Party. How did you guys flip it? I mean, like, how did you... It's a numbers game, straight up. It's just a straight up numbers game. So when you're talking about precinct delegates, I don't know what you guys got here in Indiana. Precinct committee, man. Okay, so precinct committee, man. So we recruited, like, approximately 60 people. Yeah. And and that's how we took over shared numbers. And then they come into the party convention, the county convention. Yes. Here would be the the county County caucus. caucus. And then you vote for your chairman... Your treasurer, well, I don't know the officers. Yeah, you're your officers. Yep, and and then that's that's basically how you flip. So you just went out and you said, okay, we're going to recruit these delegates to come in and elections are about two things: yeah. people and money. That's it. That there's no there's no like science behind the election itself. Like the the the, the mathematics of the election is people and money. Mm. Period. People don't like to hear that. People don't want it. They, they were like, oh, it's, you know, money. Can you run this church without money? No. 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 You need, yeah. money is necessary, you know, and so people and money is where it's at. And if you don't have people and you don't have money, you don't have a party. You know, or I take that back. If you don't have people, you don't have money, you don't have an election. Now, the party itself is completely separate from that election. The party is a, is a, a, a resource, if you will. It's completely different. So, like, this idea of the politician is part of the Republican Party. Hell, we can't get politicians to come to the party. They're not the party. And I'm tired of being accountable for these politicians that are not principle-minded. I'm sorry. That's not – Tudor Dixon that ran for governor in in Michigan. Did you just call her Tudor? Tudor. That's a very, she was just on she was just on WIBC a you know couple what? days ago here in Indianapolis. She, she was pulling. I thought it was Tudor. Yeah, it, I, whatever. <laughs> Tudor. Tudor. You know what? If I saw her right now, I'd say you got a stupid name. And I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't even make. I can't even make fun of names. My name. She was your gubernatorial candidate on the Republican my side. My name's John Smith. I can't yeah. make fun of names. Yeah. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, she she's a gorgeous woman, beautiful person, good spirit. 
you know, uh, God-fearing woman, great person. She was pulling 2%, guys, 2%. She raised very little money. I mean, you know, you're talking about a $30 million seat. You know, like this, this, this is no joke. And she's coming in with one, two million, you know, like whatever it is. And, and then the, the whole the MIGOP accountable for her, for her race is, is asinine. I, we're not, we're not playing, we're not looking at this right. We have a problem with getting good conservatives run for office. I think by default, the philosophy of a conservative is to stay home, take care of your family, take care of your, your property take care of your life you don't need government to be involved leave me alone leave me alone i'll leave you alone that's the default of a conservative is that does that make sense yeah yeah i think rush limbaugh really defined conservative you know he was critical of the republican party but he defined conservatism yes and he would go back and you know reagan was the great definer i mean he was the great communicator and it you have to say this is what this believes in because there's lots of people that were, uh, you know, in the Democrat Party or whatever, and they they they're like, but I but I agree with him. In fact, they even had something that at that point you talk about marketing. It was just called a ditto head, right? Because that's what you said to Rush Limbaugh. You were like, hey, make it dittos. I agree with what you say. I give you a ditto, and. And that was, he moved the needle by continuing to define the the value, the word that you would use is the value. Do you believe in limited government? Do you believe yeah, in accountability right. in crime? Do you believe, and, and bam, 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 right? bam. It gives more, you some rules. It, yeah, and, he, and, and as that built, people said, I don't belong in this party. Right. I used to be this. I listened to you for six weeks. I changed my mind. I'm what you are. So where do we go from there? And he said, well, the, the, the parties line us up over here, so we're going to have to fight for this. But he would always go after his, you know, even even the guys that were, they, they weren't purists. It's very difficult to find a purist. So yeah. sometimes you have to play play the game and, and build, you know, uh, groups of people and coalitions and whatnot. This is far, it's, what do they say? It's the, it's the, the, the lesser of two evils in politics in yeah, many cases. And day. you have to become okay with the fact that, okay, this is not this is not Jesus. I can't vote for Jesus in this particular thing. But this person looks a lot more like Jesus than this person does. I will support this. I'll get 80 to 90% of what I want, and I'll accept the fact that I'm going to have to swallow some crap, and there's going to be some incrementalism somewhat. But I think to your point, it's define what it is that we believe what is a republican you'll yeah. never have to doubt where what we believe that's what they used to say about reagan you might not like reagan you always knew what the man believed and 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 at a certain point it it's choosing choosing what i understand that you you say about yourself and you're not going to waver on that no i i absolutely agree ditto right so um make it ditto ditto, <laughs> ditto head what makes things difficult for the Republican party, you know, it's, I I don't want to say it's difficult. You know, it's, it's a popular blessing in disguise um, is that we are the party of faith. And that's a dynamic, like you said, with belief um, that becomes a challenge in its own right by itself. Like if we didn't have sanctity of life on that, on that, on that board, how much easier would it be for us, Josh? 
Like if we just didn't have sanctity of life on the board. Well, we'd have another member because it would have been an issue with a guy that we just spoke about. So. You know, so like party of faith, we are the only party of faith. So when the Republican Party goes away, then we lost faith out of out of all politics, if you will. And, and to, you know, I've heard Micah say this multiple times, uh, but it, it comes down to platform. Yes. It comes down to, do you even want God in your platform? Yeah. You know, uh, government is, it is an extension. What, what our founders gave us is, hey, we're a Christian nation. And, and this is the way we're going to do government because we think it honors God to the best of our ability without having a king, right? And we're going to put power back into the hands of the people. This is how we're going to go about voting, you know, for, for, for what we believe are the right things to take place. But government is not necessarily Christian, but the men and women who make up government should be Christian. Their values should be coming through that party platform. And when you look at a party platform and you go, what's Christian about this? Are we, we, we had this debate recently because we have three people that are muslim based that have got leadership in the migop that's the state party mm-hmm. and so there is a big argument in the state side of judeo-christian values in the party with this muslim type of people that are coming in and i'm not saying that in a negative way i actually don't know how how to navigate this uh, uh, uh properly but um what I do see is that not coming from a guy, I didn't grow up in the church. So I come at this slightly different is Islam, Jews and Christians all have the same God is how I look at it. Well, they have the same, they have the same, they don't have the same salvation. Forefather and Abraham. They all go back to Abraham. I'm aware. But we would argue that salvation is where it's at, right? Well, (laughs) you, you are, you, you talk about what, where do you stand? Right. And and so in theology, this even, this, this plays out. Like you guys are conservatives, but conservatism comes from the Bible. Even the constitution of the United States, everybody loves to go, oh, the constitution is the best thing in the world. The Constitution stands on the scriptures. Yeah. And and without God being revealed, then you have a problem. Why why do we believe this? So when you get into Allah, right? Allah does not have the same platform right. than than the God of the Bible. And so there's where we would go. There's a lot of places where we could have awesome agreements with Muslims, family values. You know, we don't want corruption. Uh, you could go down a number and of sex things. books in schools. You know, you know yeah. stuff like they, that. They would probably yeah. argue on the side to some degree that life is at conception. I've seen some Muslim videos. Oh, yeah. that they oh, they time. talk about it. Right. Time. So same thing you, with the African American uh, yeah. crowd too. You know, they, they they're very traditional, if you will. Oh, and and, yeah. and, and be, be, believe the Bible. They just majorly have this major argument that happens over abortion, and it's like they were pro life. Like like the Republican Party was the Black Republican Party. Look up our first names, and, but they something has deviated. Atheism, atheism in the in the culture Sec- secular progressive yeah yeah it's yeah. it's in moral jo- relativism yeah. uh, you know john lack, lack of truth in yeah. john dewey coming in uh progressive period. Oh, yeah. i mean it yeah. really has hammered it's done a it's done a number on us uh, i don't know josh if you see um the future of our party uh where do you where do you see this going in the future for for hillsdale 
you know, kind of like the flip that we had a couple years ago and getting, you know, salt of the earth, Christian-based conservatives coming together in groups, unifying, it's got to be something that we, it's going to be a marathon. It's not something that's going to flip overnight. It's it's something we all have to stick out. And, and I think we can make some changes like what we've already seen in Michigan. There's other groups in other counties flipping just like what Hillsdale did a couple years so ago. So out of the counties, Hillsdale and Macomb, Macomb being the third largest county in the state, and be honest with you, probably the most like ruckus or the most like i don't, I don't want to say i don't want to say the word important but what, uh, what cities what what, what would Ma- be the main Ma- macomb the main... county is just north of detroit and okay. it's all on the east side of the state going up that thumb so be a lot like hamilton county then probably when it comes to uh politics hamilton's probably arguably one of the most important counties in the it's, state it's for politics, Macomb's big. What the reason why it's important, I guess, because like they broke up Wayne County. Like Wayne County's broken into sections. And Wayne is Detroit. Yes. Right. And so so from a Republican Party standpoint, Wayne's actually weak because they're broken up. Okay. Oakland County's still the, the largest and, and probably the most biggest or influential, but Macomb has the loudest loudest voice right now for some reason. Um, but well, Macomb flipped when we flipped. When I say flipped, we took over our party leadership. Now there was. Some, they also had an America First yes, kind of crew that went in and th- did the same thing. That's correct. They were really aggressive about it, really loud about it, and they were really bold about it. And um, and so Macomb and Hillsdale kind of like sister counties, if you will. Now Macomb, I think, is a little bit more radicalized, if you will. They got more. Um, they got less. I don't want to say this. They got more people that are coming from the independent side, kind of like pushing hard. I think they got less. I I I want to say they got less principles, but I don't. I don't even think that's the appropriate way of saying it. They're they're slightly different than us. Are they a little more libertarian in the fact of like uh, you know? I I would say they they have more of an anarchist standpoint from it. Burn it to the ground. Yeah, like that's. And I'm more building at this process. I'm kind of. I didn't want to burn nothing to the ground. I just thought that we need to inject principles into the play. Into the play, right? Yeah. So like, I don't want. I'm not an anarchist. I don't think we need to burn anything to the ground. Honestly, we we got structure already in place yeah. we just need to uh go back be, to those principles go back to principles yeah. hold some people accountable i think we can we could the increment of if you will is just always upgrade yeah you know mm-hmm. i think we could always upgrade and so I, what would you give as we wrap up here what's uh what's kind of the main advice to the grassroots listeners that are listening right now that are saying well i'm just one person what can i really do i don't even know where to begin that was you guys just a few short years ago what would be the advice to them how they could make a difference and take back you know their local political environment and get us back into a place of principle yep get off the sidelines get involved and and stay focused on local government that's Mm -hmm. where the biggest changes can be made Mm -hmm. what's so you know this this question because you know about my history with senator shirky so, yeah. <laughs> so Senator Shirk, which by the way made national news uh, between you two uh, at the Michigan State Convention, you and Shirky got into it, and uh, and I think the Gateway Pundit picked it up, didn't they? Didn't they like like? Oh, were- it's I don't I I mean <laughs> I'm not just doing this saying this to toot my horn, but it did hit every it was every news st- station, and um, and you know, be honest with you. For the audience, I I did a Project Veritas style of recording of Senator Shirky. Senator Shirky was uh, the most republic uh, was the 
top Republican in the state of Michigan. He was the most powerful Republican in the state of Michigan. And he was Hillsdale's senator. Yeah, he was. He re, he directly represents us. He lives like two miles away from a house. And um, <laughs> awkward. What, what's re, what's really awkward is now every time we see each other, we we come to fisticuffs, and I almost we almost fight every time physically. <laughs> You know what I'm telling? I, I mean, it's why, why I, I don't know Shirky very well, but I, I have a hunch that uh, a former con uh, who's got some tatted up, uh, you're a big guy, John. I, I feel like uh, that would not be a good move on well, his part. Shirky <laughs> is probably four or five inches taller than me. He's in better shape than I am. He's 20 years older than me. And, uh, and he has no problems putting his hands on your shoulders as a male adult. You know what that means. You know, like when he puts your hands behind your elbow, when he shakes your hand, you know, he's all about control and, you know, he's just not going to control me. You know, that's just flat out. But being the most powerful Republican in the state of Michigan and pushing things like national popular vote is a big no-no in the state, you know, for, for a Republican, for a conservative. So he's, he was trying to get rid of the electoral college. That's correct. And you know, Holy crap. So so when a Republican puts that, a lot of people, (laughs) people don't know how politics works. So this Republican, the most powerful Republican in our state puts that on the floor. That is weaponizing Democrats. So now anytime from the future here on out, Democrats can see, look, even the most powerful Republican wanted it. You see how this works? Yeah, yeah. So it's very dangerous to have someone like Senator Shirky that, in my opinion, is not a rhino. He's a globalist. Correct. And a lot of people don't know the difference between those two, but a neoconservative globalist is way more dangerous than a rhino. Yeah. A rhino is just a guy. I, I, I want to say this on the radio if I can. It's really crude. But the difference between a rhino and neocon is if you got cheerleader, you got a football team that is raping a cheerleader. The neocons are raping the cheerleader while the rhinos are sitting on the bench letting it happen. And that's ex- that, that's exactly what's going on in America today. Hmm. Everybody's getting their fill while the rhinos are not bad people. They're just not doing anything about they, it. They just don't know what to do about it. Yeah. They're scared. They're, they're, they're weak. Uh, they got weak constitutions. Um, and you can almost see them, you know, on the golf course wearing their polos. It's, you can almost physically point them out. So going back to the individual, the individual is so important because when I filmed Shirky, I didn't go in filming Shirky like, I'm going to film this guy and get him. I didn't know what I was doing when I was doing this. It's, and you, and just so listeners know, you went in, you had this conversation with him. He said some things that obviously you were able to use uh, to help kind of expose his actual true sediments because he was out then saying the exact opposite to the news a few weeks later he, he's known to be a liar yeah right so that's why i was filming because i yeah. don't know what i'm getting into he he actually set the interview up to meet and we set up our censure a couple of days before the interview so he knew he was going into this meeting with some hostility if you will yeah. so we were really respectful we get down we sit down have have uh you know, I, I, it's funny as I was eating a ham sandwich, nobody else is eating. I'm slopping on some food and stuff. I just, <laughs> just didn't care. And, and I'm, t- I'm telling him to his face. It's something that it will stay with me forever is I, I'm like, and I'm not telling, I'm not addressing him by his title. I'm like, Mike, this is going to happen tomorrow. Like I am telling the demon that we're casting him off tomorrow. And it resonates in my heart because he's the bully of bullies. He, this guy's the, the, the top bully and we're telling them we're doing it and um 
so we end up doing it. But and what did you do? You you censored you censored him as a party. So so he on camera he he made the Democrats mad because of what he was saying. And then he gets caught on a hot mic because he had apologized. Got caught on a hot mic saying, I don't apologize to those people the following like day or whatever it was. I mean, he just went down this cycle of burning the candles on both ends. So he's basically telling you what you want to hear. And then he, he's caught telling the other people the exact opposite because they want to he, hear he it. He constantly flip-flopped. Yeah. He, he, he constantly lied. He constantly was arrogant about it. And he constantly got caught. And at this time, <laughs> those are all really bad comments. Yeah. So like at this time of when this video went international, yeah. so, um, you said international. Yeah. went international news. So <laughs> what's, what's uh, unique about this is I never thought that I would be able to change state politics. This guy was going to run for governor. Now, don't get me wrong. We got a horrible governor. Whitmer's horrible, right? But Whitmer's not doing this under the guise of, on the on the Republican ticket. She's doing it on the Democrat ticket, right? You know who your enemy is, essentially. That's, with, that's with right. Whitmer, yeah. So, in my opinion, from approximately since when your dad got into the Republican Party in 1972. <laughs> uh, I think my dad is the oldest member, uh, living member of the Hills, the Republican yes, Party. Yes. He's the is longest he? running member of our Republican Party. <laughs> so, so, since then, approximately, neoconservatism's been in place. And so... Um, People are embarrassed to say they're Republican because of neoconservatism. Like George Bush is in this war, like in the yeah. Middle East, uh, the the stuff of the, of that nature. So, um, I stopped him from running for governor. Now, people could say, "Well, you could have had him for governor instead of Whitmer." I'd rather have Whitmer in office because she's not destroying the Republican principle, party values, and name and stuff like that, and and doing it under the guise of Democrats, and hopefully it uprises Republicans and conservatives to come out and be involved. And I think it has, uh, but. So I affected the governor race. And his, you were just a nobody. You I'm were just, just a, a, I'm a nobody. Yeah, yeah. Then his protege, Andrew Fink, who is our state rep currently right now, was going to run for Speaker of the House, which is the state is run by three people, literally three people. It's run by Whitmer's, number one. The Senate Majority Leader, which at that time was Shirky. And number three is considered Speaker of the House. So Andrew Fink, the protege to Shirky, um, was running this last election cycle for Speaker of the House. So the goal for Shirky was him win governor. He gets to appoint the Senate Majority Leader that when he leaves, because he's the most powerful Republican, he raises the most money, he can appoint the next guy. And then his protege is going to be Speaker of the House. He would have control of all three power seats of the state of Michigan. Wow. I do this video. He loses any opportunity to run for office. I run a candidate, a very good candidate against Andrew Fink, although we lost, but we beat him in Hillsdale County. I Now Andrew Fink is damaged goods. He, he had to drop from Speaker of the House because he, they thought he was going to lose. Wow. So not only did one individual that doesn't, that that's an ex-con with tattoos on his hands, as an individual, I changed the direction of state politics. Good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> you still changed it. I yeah, still changed yeah. it, right? So yeah. every individual, and be honest with you, I wouldn't be able to do it without Josh. I mean, I guess it's not the individual, but but each and every single one of us have the ability to make a difference at all levels. We have a congressman, Congress Wahlberg. Congressman Wahlberg is scared of us. He does not want to even be in a room with us. And um, he's Republican. He's Republican, yeah. and you know he's. 
he's not that bad of a Republican. I'm not going to sit here and, and bash the guy. I don't have enough, a lot of things to say negative about him policy-wise. But the guy is totally intimidated. Uh, they, they feel attack on one is attack on all. Like You're attacking the big party tent thing. The thing is, is we're losing our butts to yeah. the big party big party tent idea. Yeah. So so your strategy in the long term you've taken party politics. Have you won any elections? So locally we won 4 out of 6 that we endorsed. So prior to this election cycle that just passed us last year, the party's never endorsed in the primary. This is where actually where the problem lies. In Hillsdale, there's nobody that's a democrat supposedly. So nobody can run on a Democrat, Democrat ticket and win. It's kind of like how it is in Hamilton County. Okay, so you have to run on the Republican yeah. ticket. So well, all the Democrats just run as Republicans. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, we we just said conservatives tend to stay at home, right? Yeah. So Democrats love power. That's the opposite. They love to tell people what to do. They want militias. They want government involvement. They want these things. So they will come out and run for office under the Republican name. Well, we decided to endorse we we ra- the money we raised from Project Veritas and the, and, and the money that we raised through the through the county. We took all that money and gave it to candidates. Wow! And we won four out of six. Now we we did have a couple poor candidates, or we had at least one poor candidate, and then uh, we almost won that state rep seat, that which would have been a huge win if we would have won that. But um, but we did win a county commissioner. We won a, a mayor. We won a city council. We won. Um, we won four out of six. So, uh, and if you look, we're winning the court of a public opinion too. This is actually huge. So through social media, through our winning our races, court of a public opinion is so big. So those people that have been going to the Leininger's insurance office for 50 years, well, it's affecting their office. Because what it is, is when you mess with someone like myself, I'm in a mud pen. And you want to come and play social media with me? Well, Micah, you're a squeaky clean guy. You got Argyle socks. You got uh, Yeezy Yeezy <laughs> only, shoes. Only because I you was on one. TV earlier this morning. Listen, Normally, I'm in uh, a sweatshirt and jeans. So. You know, like and he, like healed birds. I, I like I wear holy jeans and and usually like you know I, I I'm pretty scrubby. Well, when you when I pull someone like yourself into the mud pen, it only gets you dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what's actually going on in our community. They're starting to get dirty, and people are seeing that. And now the court of a public opinion is changing in Hillsdale. And it's it's not exclusive to Hillsdale. It's changing around the state. Yeah, we are losing big races. We just got our butts handed to us with, with proposals like Democrats are winning and beating yeah. us. And But Democrats aren't winning because of the infighting of the Republican Party. Our numbers haven't changed. The Republican vote hasn't changed in numbers. So it's not the infighting in the party that's making that's that's losing the races. Well, in my opinion. it's it's a fascinating conversation, and I mean we've got to wrap it yep. up here. But the you guys, uh, I just I I appreciate that you guys are bringing some accountability to these people. I don't understand why the Shirkies or the uh, Wahlbergs or these politicians feel intimidated to come and talk. They should they should just own what they believe. Come and come and own it, defend it, and now you guys may totally disagree with them, which is totally fine. But but when they start to hide, when they start to run away from the the other side, that's where I lose some respect for people. I'm like, now you're just playing politics, and and we need to know what you believe as the as the people who put you there. So come and just be honest with us. Again, if you disagree with me, great, that's fine. We can disagree all day long, but at least own 
your your agenda. Own what you the principles you stand on. We'll tell you whether or not it fits our party, and then be ready to defend your platform. Well, who are you to say that? And that's their pompous attitude. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah, like who yeah. are you to you, make that determination? You are a little peon. Well, you are a peasant that well, they we are, shoot and kill. They are the uh, pe- pheasants. Pheasants. <laughs> pheasants. That pheasants. They Sorry, they peasants. Kill. They are the politician. <laughs> they are the politician, and we are the party. Yeah. And there's a there's this and there's a symbiotic symbiotic. I can't even say the word right. Relationship symbiotic, between the yeah. two. So like they they don't. I think the ideology of this is that it's somehow one and it's not. Yeah. And yeah. that's, cl- and that's cl- very clear. Yeah. That's so, cool. Somebody like Wahlberg, I think has lost the servitude mindset of what he's supposed to be. And that's why uh, I'm a, I'm a rep for uh, uh, us term limits. I'm the chairman for us term limits in Indiana. And that's, that's really to that point, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I mean, even Washington stepped down on his own accord after two terms because he realized he, he didn't want to lose the servitude mindset, and he knew that, okay, listen, I've served, I've done my, I, and the longer I stay in here, the more dangerous it gets, and I don't know how long Mark uh, Wahlberg has been in office. Seven, I think he's on his eighth term. He's on, he's on his eighth, his yeah. eighth yeah. term? I think so, so. I just looked in your book here that you had. Holy smokes. Yeah. So, so he's... He's been there a long time. I mean, I mean, like Fred Upton had eighteen. So I mean, like in comparison to the rest, though. I mean, now is he on his is he on his eighth year or his eighth term? Um, boy, I thought it said term. Okay, I mean, he's been in politics yeah. for twenty five years, thirty years. So More, okay, so that's a long time. I mean, that's a great that's a great example. If if he's really been in office that long, no wonder he's losing the servitude mind mindset. Yeah. And that's yeah. I think. You know, as we wrap this up, just saying, hey. For the third time. Yeah, for the third time. It's like a preacher trying yeah. to make his conclusion. On my final right? note. Yeah, yeah. In conclusion of my conclusion of my conclusion. Um, no, but I think you're saying, number one, you can make a difference. You can make a big difference. Absolutely. Number two, Absolutely. you have to learn how to play the game. And you have to put yourself onto the field of battle and say, count me in. I'll learn. And that's really the American principle is that is that 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 local governance the all all politics is local right it it really needs to be played there and there are seats that are available that no one's sitting in that you can get off of of the bench and just ask is there a place where i can serve my community i'm glad i'm glad you you just said this because this is one of the things that as a party we're going to do try to achieve this next election cycle in 24 um is our people in our like we have a lot of 15 60 year old people that don't don't have the skill set to do marketing or do canva or do to do these type of things that are in today's world but what they can do is run for a trustee on a township like on a township board so we got 200 i want to say 210 approximately elected officials throughout all of hillsdale county and appointed if we just got 10 to 15 people to sign up for trustee something easy something easy race like cost no money and it requires little time to be involved. Not only will they affect their local township community, but what it will do is in the next election cycle from there, so in 26, I think it will affect 10 to 20% of the vote in general. Mm. So like that's how much influence that would have to carry over if you just become a township trustee. It's amazing. Yeah. Yep. And you know the very same principles we're talking about here to to have a great nation is what you have to do to have a great church. People have to get involved in their church. Mm-hmm. They have to serve. And, and you know, leadership 
is not about lording power, especially as Christian Christian men and Christian women. We're to understand that we're not we're not like the pagan believers who want to lord power over another. Ours is to model Christ. Here's Jesus, who's the greatest in the world, and he comes down to wash people's feet and to serve. And he said, I did not come to to be served, but to serve and give my life as ransom for many. And when you when you're serving, you know, your fellow man, that's really where you're living your Christianity out. So I want to encourage you to get involved in local government. You know, the the there were three votes that determined the treasurer's race here in Indiana. That's three delegate positions. That's three people who, you know, just stepped up. I mean, arguably two, right? It's yeah, just one it just, couple, one couple who voted together made a difference. There was nobody who went away from that day at, at, the, the, state at the state convention that felt like, man, you know, I didn't matter. I mattered. Do you know what's crazy about that too, Nathan? So Life Church, we, we got 25 people to run for delegate. So there's there's right there, you know, we didn't tell them how to vote, but we, we certainly said, hey, here are the, the pros and cons of the, the different candidates. But then uh, there were a lot of people that day that left early because yep. as the votes, they drew the votes out longer and longer and people didn't finish out their duty. A lot of the people who would have been for the other candidate who lost by three votes had left because they had prior commitments uh, throughout the day. And and this candidate, I think, found out about like a lot of these people leaving. It was like, you got to be kidding me! You, you left and didn't do your duty, and now, and but I mean, and I, the ones who wanted to make change and were willing to fight to the end—that's right—were the ones you, that yeah. you said you said duty. That's that's a word that no no not, I'm not look at look at my because my mindset right. Um, so no, I you're my youth pastor. Duty duty is something that's underutilized. Yeah. The word, the word, or the understanding is Amen. it's important, and um, and and the servitude is is important. So it, it is your dirt. Like Jesus said, to give give of your skill set, right? Yeah. Like I'm good at like graphic design and stuff. I don't charge people for graphic design. I give it away. You know, so like oh, that's very nice. Get his name and number. We might use you, know, it. you know what I mean. Like so, you know, doing I give away my skill set. And, um, and it's my duty to be involved. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, cool. Well, Hey, thanks for guys, everything you guys are you. doing up in Michigan. And John, Josh, thank yeah. you so much for being yep. here. Thank you for down. having us. Yeah. This has been Jesus, sex and politics and, uh, subscribe, like follow us on wherever you listen to podcasts, make a leftist man, make a leftist man <laughs> or your aunt who doesn't <laughs> like conservative values. Make him a ditto head. Mega dittos. All right, we'll see you guys next time.